Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Stu Heineke. He is a Hall of Fame-nominated marketer, a Wall Street Journal cartoonist, and a best-selling business author. The American Marketing Association recognized him as the father of contact marketing. He is a noted speaker and furnishes agency training and consulting support for clients all over the world. Stu, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, I'm so glad we're, we're finally connecting, Seth. This is great. Yes, because full disclosure, um, we've been a, a client of yours, not at you know the customized level, but in terms of not only buying your books, but buying stuff from you and using your principles. Nice. So super excited to have you here. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you, I mean, now your cartoons are seen by 2.1 million readers in the Wall Street Journal. Plus you've got all of the other platforms. How did you get started? Um. I had, well, you mean like cartooning or yeah. um, cartooning? Okay. Let's start with that because that's the father of well, it all. Okay, so like when I was when I was a kid, uh, my my brothers and I would sneak Playboys out of my father's dresser drawers. <laughs> that's how I got started. But look, the thing because the thing is, you back then, Playboy was a was a force. They were amazing. They they uh, of course they they did what they were known for but they also had some of the best cartoonists in the world and not like i was opening up saying these guys are the best cartoonists in the world but but i'm saying who are these guys how do they do this you know what, what, this is amazing oh. and so there were people like gan wilson and eldon dadini and uh, michael folks and so on and and um, so now i will fast forward a few years right so um, i i studied marketing um, in college, that was my degree, and uh, but I was I just loved cartooning. I mean, I, I just really had come, come uh, become something just a part of I don't know just something I loved to do. And so, um, one of the things I realized was that well, I want to I want to become a professional cartoonist. So I want to you know I, I joined the, the Cartoonist Guild and um, and they sent an, a copy of an article that changed a lot for me. I, I don't know if it changed my life. It did, actually. Let me think about it. It did. So, so they sent this article from Folio magazine, um, which is an, it's, it's an, it's a magazine for people who publish magazines. And the article was about cartoons and about what, what a phenomenon they are. And they're, they're the, almost always the best read and remembered parts of magazines and newspapers. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's saying a lot because everything that goes into their collective works, everything that goes in should be memorable and 
get your attention and be, you know. So, but it turned out that cartoons were almost always the most, the, the best read and remembered parts of those publications. And so I thought, well, okay, um, if that's what's going on, I, you know, I really should be, I should be merging the two. I should be using cartoons with marketing. And as I was doing this, I was, as I was exiting college, personalization just started to become a force. And so they could put your name into things, like into a letter, all over the letter, over and over, <laughs> really kind of a little heavy handedly. But, but I, I realized, well, we could also do the same thing with a cartoon. So if we can put a cartoon on, let's say, the outer envelope, and the, the caption is written so that there are data insertion points for first and last name, that could be a really cool effect. And so I started a couple things. I, I reached out to, I mean, the biggest users of direct mar market or direct mail at the time were magazines. They were all, they were sending out millions of pieces of mail to get people to subscribe. And so um, they were the, they were like, they were the big league for this. They, they had the biggest budgets. They were the most sophisticated testers. They were amazing. And so I got two quick assignments, one for Rolling Stone, the other one for Bon Appetit, um, you know, to do my cartoon thing. And, and, uh, and it turned out that those mailings, well, they beat, they beat their controls and set new records, which is amazing. And so, um, so, uh, you know, the, I, the story goes on from there. I mean, I, I brought in, I ended up starting an agency to do that. Um, I ended up getting all of the publishers as, um, as clients doing that. And I ended up recruiting a lot of my heroes from Playboy and the New Yorker, uh, that is heroes of cartooning from all, really all over the world. It was, it was amazing. Those, those guys became my mentors. It was, it was amazing. That's how I got started. Kind of like the usual thing. Yeah, <laughs> right. That is yeah. an absolutely incredible journey. What inspired you to write the books? And I know you've got a new well, one coming out that we're going to talk about too. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, um, well, I mean, to continue that story, I, you know, I, I broke the record. I set new records for Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit. I thought, okay, great. Now I need to bring this to um, to the rest of the publishing industry. I want to break into the whole thing. So um, what that meant was I actually just needed to reach about 24 people. <laughs> that was it. But these were, you know, really important people. Uh, they, were, they were usually at the VP level and either of circulation or, or consumer marketing at companies like Time Inc. and, and Condé Nast, the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, et cetera. And they weren't gonna be easy people to reach. And so I thought, but okay, no problem because I got the cartoons. So I, I sent a, an eight by 10 print of a cartoon, it was personalized to each recipient. And then what, it, along with it was a note that said, um, you know, this is a device I just used to beat the controls for Rolling Stone and Bon Appetit. I think we should test this for your titles. And um, like, usually if we were in, if we were talking to a whole bunch of people right here live, I'd ask them, what do you think I got for a response rate? Because this response rate was bizarre. <laughs> you know, we, we were told in, in direct mail that 100% response rates were absolutely impossible. That if you were getting right, a 1% might be normal. Yeah, 1%, right. that, that number kept coming up all the time. And like, if you got a 1% response, you were doing really well. And, 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 uh, and the thing is, or, or and the, even like that's a typical number of which there's no such number. There is no typical number, but, but that's what we were told. And so it, out went my campaign to just 24 people. And I, all of them responded. I got through to all of them. Wow. And I was, you know, I was requesting a meeting. So I got through to all of them, all of them, um, all of them agreed to meet, all of them became clients. So it was 100% conversion ratio. 
Yeah, it was 100% response, 100% meeting rate, and 100% conversion. And that campaign cost me about 100 bucks. And it, started, it was worth millions of dollars to me. It started my business. So, um, so you were asking about what led me to writing those, those, these two books behind me. And the one that's best known is How to Get a Meeting with Anyone. And, and that came about because I thought, well, that was pretty cool. I got through it all. Wow. Okay. What other kind of mischief can I get into with this? What, who else can I reach? And so I started reaching out to, oh, I don't know, all these people I should never be able to get in touch with. But, but I was getting in touch with presidents and prime ministers and celebrities and, and lots and lots of C-level people, although they weren't really called C-level at that point. But, but you know, presidents and, and, and vice presidents of companies, all these top decision makers. It was like I could get through to, it was, I could get through to anyone. And, and then I thought, okay, yeah, I have a secret weapon here, right? The, the cartoons, the personalized cartoons, they're great. They're a great device, but what's everyone else doing? Because I'm not the first one to do, any, to do something to get a meeting, obviously. So what's everyone else doing? <clears throat> and that's when, things, that's when things really got interesting. Because all of the stuff I've just told you is self-focused. That's me doing cartoons and sending them to people that I wanted to get in touch with. But, but when you start looking out at what, what the rest of the world is doing and what they're just the collective of what of their of their creativity, what they're, I don't know, just what they come up with, it's it's unbelievable. So I started, you know, collecting stories first. Like, what do you, you know, how people would would share stories of things that other people had done to, to get meetings. And it's like, man, that's really outrageous. People have done the most outrageous things to get, to get meetings. And eventually I just thought, this has to become a book. So, so that's, that's, how, that's how those came to be. And, and so they're, they're, both of them are collections of, well, let's say of campaigns, just outrageous campaigns, which by the way, and I had to call it something, you know, I, I didn't know what to, like, I didn't know what to, I had to, I had to re reference what I was doing early on, like to the magazine publishers, what, what's this thing I'm sending? And so I, you have to do, you have to give something a name. And so I called it a contact campaign. And, and, um, and then eventually as I wrote the book, I realized, well, all of this really needs a name. And I was asking the people I was interviewing, what's the, what, is there a name for what we're doing? Nope can't think of anything. So I called it contact marketing in the book. And eventually the, the AMA, the American Marketing Association said, well, Stu's the father of contact marketing. <laughs> kind of a lucky thing. And, well, luck had nothing to do with it, but that is awesome. Talk about the new book you've got coming out. Um, <clears throat> totally, totally off the subject of getting, um, getting meetings. And, and I hope, we'll, you know, the one thing, by the way, that we never, that I never talked about with anyone anymore is direct mail. It's interesting because I know you're you're a big, you're yeah. a big proponent and user of direct mail, Use so direct I can't wait to do that. Day. But um, but yeah, the next the next one is a complete departure. It's it stems from literally. It's a, that'll be a nice pun actually. I have to use that one. You'll see why in a second. But it, it stems from this this one day I was driving down the Santa Monica Freeway in L.A. and you know there's six lanes of freeway going one way, six lanes coming the other way. It's a lot of that's a lot of concrete. And then a 40 foot wide, I think, as I recall, like a 40 foot wide concrete um, median, you know, with a barrier and all that. But growing out of a crack in, in the concrete was this dandelion. And I just, you know, it's not an unusual sight. We see that all the time. But this time I noticed it and I said, wow, man, that's, that's impressive. Look at this. In this sea of impossibility, I mean, it's all concrete and tires roaring by and 
Like no plant should be there at all. And, and you could say to yourself, how, how did that happen? But we know exactly how it happened. We, we see dandelion seeds flying around all the time. They probe every possible opportunity to take root and to colonize new ground. And, and it just, I, just in that split second, because it wasn't, I mean, I saw the beautiful, well, let's actually, I couldn't call a weed beautiful, I guess, but those, you know, those happy yellow flowers, so almost fluorescent yellow flowers and, and those sort of happy seed pods that are blowing those fun little seeds around that totally screw up your lawn. But, but you know, as kids, we love to blow on those things. So, so all that happening was, you know, kind of popping off some seeds and it was blowing around in the turbulence. But it was, what I saw was it was running its process. And it was just, it's like wherever it landed, it was going to run its process. It didn't matter where it landed. It was okay with the weed. It was going to run its process. And I just thought, man, that's just so impressive. I hope I live up to that in my, in my career. You know, I want to live, I want to be a weed and I want to be just like that weed. And, and the more I thought about it, more, it just has, has also ruminate kind of like the, the other one, like how are people getting meetings? It also ruminated in my head, but just how, how are weeds doing this? You know, what, like what, what are the strategies and tips and, and attributes and, and so forth that they're using to pull this off? And I mean, like, what is a weed? Is, are this, is it different from a plant? And of course they're not. They're, you know, they're, they're just, uh, they, these, are, these are, are plants that we deem, we as humans deem to be, uh, I don't know, they're, they're a pest, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're just, they're, they are where they're not supposed to, where we think they're not supposed to be. And, um, and they're very aggressive and they're really, really, really clever as to how they do, the, do what they do. So I, ultimately that has formed um, a model for business growth. And that's what the next book's about. Okay, so we want to, I believe, uh, grow your business like a weed. Yeah, how to grow your business like a weed. Coming in May. Your... Yeah, it's coming in May and, it, and it's coming to like, there's a, that's on purpose because that's when actual weeds release themselves. That's when they start showing up throughout the, the, the Northern Hemisphere. And I hope they'll kind of act as my memes. It's part of my seed strategy for the book. What, and I am sure there is a weed strategy, yes, a weed, weed growing strategy for growing the sales of, your, of that book. With all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now? You don't, certainly don't need help getting meetings from uh, anybody. What um, are you working on? I, you know, I, I just love what I'm doing. And uh, I, I just, I, I don't know, I just, like, you know, it's so common to say in the future, I'll be doing this or I'll be living here. Or, I'll have a sailboat on a dock right in my backyard. I don't know, all those things, right? And I have those things going. I mean, I, that's exactly what, where I want to go. But, but the thing is, I'm really happy where I, where I am. I'm really happy about what I'm doing. And I, I just love it. So, um, I, I mean, it's just doing more of it. I, well, one of the challenges, here's one of them. I think that, that the Weeds book, should be the, the number one best-selling book on, uh, on business growth strategy. And, uh, and not because I'm such an awesome writer, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm, just a, I'm just a guy who's lucky enough to write books, but so it's not because I, I wrote it, it's because the weeds are so unbelievably awesome. Um, and I, and I think there's no term for this. There should, or at least I don't know, if there's a, there should be a term for something that we see as being negative, but then we sudden, something happens and suddenly we see it as being positive. So it gets redeemed. It gets, I don't know, there's a, there's a word transmogrify that means to magically transform something. And, 
and and I think that's weeds are are ripe for this because you know we see them they're everywhere they they give examples of like you know because we're fighting them in our in our lawns and in our yards they give examples of how unbelievably unbelievably awesome their processes are and their 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 strategies and um, the tools that they use they're they're just amazing so I, I think that it'll cause people to say. I hope it'll cause people to say, you know what, before I pull those weeds, I kind of want to pay attention to what they're doing because I can get inspiration and I can get, yeah, I, you know, I, I can get uh, um, strategy or strategic value from these, from these weeds because you can't, they're just, they're just that awesome. They're amazing. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Um, mischief. <laughs> that's, I think that's it. Like how can in fact often when I'm asking someone can, let's collaborate I want to collaborate with them it's usually how can we get into some mischief together yeah I think it's mischief because you know if I'm okay so I'm working on something right now I'm I'm going to send a uh, I'm going to send a contact package to Joe Rogan because I want to get on his podcast like everyone wants to get on his podcast nice. you know so so who the hell am I to get on a Joe's podcast and and um, and so. I, when I was talking to my uh, the marketing manager for the book, uh, the publisher, and I said, you know, I, I'm, I expect I'll be doing a lot of, of podcast interviews because I do a lot of them, um, and and so I'm, I'm sure that'll happen. But I, but I said also to her, but I'm not expecting it on to Joe Rogan. She said, why not? And then we checked his his show notes um, page, and one of the things he's interested in, oddly enough, is interesting business models and um, and you know business plans and so certainly got one yeah uh, i'm thinking this is about as <laughs> it, get, it certainly is out there so um so the fun thing is um okay i know he's i know he's really into weed right the other weed and so um so i've done a strip cartoon for him i'm working on it right now i'm filming doing it like over the shoulder filming just, just to record the process but i'm doing this cartoon about him and um he's uh I won't, re I, I mean, like, the, I wouldn't even recite the cartoon to it, but he's talking about weed and we need to get someone that we can talk weed. We need someone new on, on the show that we can talk weed with. And um, actually, I guess I will tell you. So, so the producer is saying, like, who? And uh, he thinks for a second, he says, I don't know, like, isn't there some, isn't there like the, a chief weed officer of the world or something? And so that's what I'm, I'm going to position, my, I'm going to sign my name. Under my name, it's going to be chief weed officer of the world. Yeah. Awesome. And so oh, I'm just having fun with it, right? And so here's the really cool thing. I have a video I could share with you that I think would be really cool for uh, for our conversation and for um, for your listeners and viewers. Um, and so what this is, is uh, uh, it's, it's something very similar to the thing I'm going to send to Joe. So it's a, it's a strip cartoon, multi-panel strip cartoon. And, um, and this one I, I used, I wanted to reach out to Billy Jean, the, the um, Instagram marketer yep. guy. I know so, Billy. Um, so, uh, anyway, so I, I, so I sent this, this, um, cartoon piece to him and his assistant got it. And, you know, when we're trying to get meetings with people, important people, we often encounter assistants. And so, and usually sales reps, are, I mean, like they'll ask me, well, how do I, how do I circumvent this, the, the, the executive assistant? You don't, you include them. They're, they're awesome. You should become a fan of, of executive assistants. They're some of the sharpest people in the industry. I mean, in the in the companies you find them in. And so, if they're if you're talking to a CEO's assistant, they are 
they're not recognized as it, but they should be thought of as a as an equal partner, or sorry, an equal member of the C-suite because they who do they report to? <laughs> you know, they report right to the CEO. They work with them all the time. So, um, so anyway, um, this is so his assistant got this this piece, this contact piece, and um, and she thought ahead. She thought, you know what, this this looks kind of cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna film an unboxing video. So that's what this is. And I, the thing is, what you're gonna see is the reaction that we're always trying for with these contact campaigns. So um, if I, if you enable me to, uh, to share my screen. Yep, absolutely. I would love to. Uh, there you go. Oh, there we go. All right, cool. Here we are. So you can see that, right? Yes. Okay, so here we go. That's going to spool up. And for those of you who are listening on an audio platform, make I sure you go check out the YouTube to... video. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. absolutely. Yeah. So it'll be on the YouTube video and you got to go see it. If you're listening to the audio, that's great, but go see this YouTube video too. Okay. So here we go. It's spooled up. I usually wait till you get here, Bill, to show your packages, but this one's pretty cool and I'm too anxious to wait and show you. So here's the reveal. If I can get the cap off. Read how awesome this is. The tale of the hired gun. I ever tell you, fellas, the story of the Billy Kid? Yep, sure did. How about Wild Bill Jean? You mean the marketing whiz from San Diego? At least a hundred times before. Yep, you can say that again. <laughs> awesome. Look at the back. I'm kind of in love with this guy. Mad respect. Okay, so that's his that's assistant awesome. saying, I'm kind of in love with this yeah. guy. That's what we want. That's that's it, right? Um, and actually, you know, we're, we're talking about direct mail too. Really. So that's what we want in the mail too. We want that happening everywhere. But certainly if you're going to ask someone for, for their time, um, you got to do, do something like, something outrageous like that. So I'm working on one for... Uh, for uh, for Joe, <laughs> that is awesome. I'll be the make chief sure lead officer. Of the, make sorry. sure you get us the list of who 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 are those folks that you want. We might be able to connect connect you with some of them. I will surely do that. I mean, if you if you're telling me, well, I know Joe, and he you don't even need to do that. Okay, don't know Joe, Joe, but I know people who can get you to Joe. Ah, okay, cool, cool. Um, right, well, so I still need I, I still need to find his mailing address. <laughs> so. Got it. Well, for those of our folks who are watching and listening, where is the best place for them to go to get the new book and learn about everything, Stu? Well, so you, I, I guess probably the easiest thing is come to my, uh, to my author page, stuheinick.com. So that's S-T-U-H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E.com. And, um, and the, as soon as you get there, there's an offer for the first two chapters, like a sneak peek into the first two chapters for free. You sign up, you get on my list. I won't spam you, but I will send you cartoons. I will send you stuff about weed mindset boot camps and stuff like that. But um, but uh, join my list, and you can uh, and you can get uh, you can get that the, the first two chapters free. Or and the other thing you can do is connect with me on uh, on LinkedIn. Just mention that you saw me on this podcast. All right. Well, this has been Seth Green with Stu from how to get a meeting with anyone, get the meeting, how to grow your business like a weed. And you've probably seen his work in the Wall Street Journal and many, many other places. Stu, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much.
Thanks to everybody for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.